This is The House Call. What's up, everybody? Welcome into The House Call Podcast. My name is Matt. I'm here with Joe, and I'm here with Ernesto. And this is The Brick House, man. We gotta, we've we been seeing some crazy individual performances lately that we have to absolutely get to. There's also a couple injuries that we're going to get to as well. But first, I want to give a shout-out to our sponsor, and that's Liquid IV. Go get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and you use our code at the checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use the promo code the underscore house underscore podcast at liquidiv.com. Donovan Mitchell, man. Donovan Mitchell scored 71 points in an NBA game. Monday versus Chicago, the score was 145-134 in overtime. They came back from a 21-point deficit, and Donovan Mitchell scored 71 points. 71 points. That's the most points we'd seen in an NBA game since Kobe's famous 81 versus the Raptors. Remarkably similar to Luka's game last week as well, with the, with the free throw miss, follow-up to tie the game in the final seconds. We've been seeing some crazy performances around the NBA lately, and this is just another one. From January 23rd to, or excuse me, from December 23rd to January 2nd, there was 27 40-point games in the NBA. That's the most in a 10-day span in NBA history. Even Lori Markkinen had 49 last night against uh, the Rockets. So everybody's going crazy. But Donovan Mitchell, man, 71 points, the eighth most points we've ever seen in an NBA game. A ridiculous performance. Joe, I'll go to you first on this one, man. We talked about Luka's performance last week. Uh, about how it might have been one of the all-time great performances. Is this an all-time great performance by Donovan Mitchell? Okay. So, if they had just been Luca, I wouldn't even have done this. But I got on ESPN this morning, and I saw all these crazy stat lines, all these crazy scores, watching all this stuff go down, all these people do this stuff, and I had to look it up, right? I had to look up the offensive rating for the last 20 years. And I will tell you that Defenses are not good right now. They haven't been good in a really long time. When Kobe put up 81, the I think the offensive rating that year and defensive rating, because they're equal, believe it or not, if you do an average, for the NBA was like 106. Okay? And there were still teams that weren't getting over the 100, yard, 100 uh, point mark as an offensive rating. So there were teams that were holding people under 100 points and people who weren't even scoring 100 points in the NBA in 2005, 2006 season when Kobe did that. Since 2020, the average, and actually I'll tell you this, the average offensive rating in 2020 was 103, 103 points. The Literally the shittiest team in the NBA last year scored 103 points on average, all right? The entire season. The shittiest team hit the league average for 20, for 2000, year 2000, okay? Defensive, like, I don't know if it's the, the defensive intensity, people who want to play defense, has gone down so low that now it seems like any anybody can go out there and score score 40 points, 50 points, 60 mm-hmm. points. So it actually takes something away from how this looks. If you were to put this up against Kobe's in 2005, 2006, I would say it's not even in the same fucking room. Like, mm-hmm. honestly, it's not in the same room as that performance. And I kind of feel that way about Lucas now. If Luca, I mean, Luca got the triple-double, which is like a whole different thing, right? Because it shows a whole, like, a rounded game. So I feel like that one's still up there, but... Markinens and, and and Mitchell's like he was close to a triple double. I'll give him that, but I don't feel like it's even in the same realm of you know maybe like some of the other people who have shown like those really good performances back in the day, like in the '90s and the early 2000s. The defenses aren't there. Anyone can go out there and toss up a 50 burger at any given night. It feels like, and it doesn't matter because realistically, they wouldn't do it in 
in that era. And that's what one of the arguments we always have is this era argument, right? Like, would someone who performed in that era be able to perform in this era? And it goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And honestly, if they're performing that way against those defenses in that era, they would dominate in this era because no one plays defense. And is it a ref or is it the ref's fault for being too ticky tacky? A hundred percent. They've literally, it, and, and honestly, and I understand why. I understand why. It's the same thing with football, right? Offensive shootouts are more entertaining than defensive Ratings. grinds. It's 100%. It's all about the money. And, you know, so they're, they're, they're calling games closer. They're calling things closer. They're letting people score. You know, and the only time we see that kind of change is in clutch situations in, like, key games. So, like, playoffs, finals. You see they kind of get a little more reserved, and they kind of go back and forth and flippy-flop. And we're like, where, where was that in the regular season? You would have called that in the regular season, but you're not calling it now. It just takes right. away from everything, man. This is, I mean, good on him. Mm-hmm. I don't think he. I, I. I can't give him. I. I can't give the proper credit because I ruined it for myself. If I had just come into this and like, oh my god, yeah, it was amazing. You know, never even looked the oven, never even did the, the the research on it. I would have been a lot more impressed. But the problem is, is that you've the, the defense isn't there. I mean, yep. it's just not. He's not facing yeah, with Jordan face. He's not facing with Kobe face. Yeah, and it's tough because you know the the. Um... I just looked it up while you were talking and this this year the nba as a whole is averaging 113.8 points per game that's the highest since 1970 so 50 years it's the highest you know anybody has ever scored across the league and like you said it's it's partially because of the refs it's partially because the of the ticky tack calls from the refs donovan mitchell shot 25 free throws by the way 20 of his points alone came on free throws and then it's partially because of the three-point shot everybody's shooting threes now so if you get hot from three we, you, I mean, you can you, basically in an NBA game now, you can watch or you can just look at the box score and see who made the most threes and you can determine basically who won the game because it's just math. Like threes more than two. If you make, you know, six more threes than your opponent, that's 18 more points, right? So the three-point shot has been huge. Obviously, you know, the, the, the floor is more spaced out now because there's more shooters, so it's easier to get to the rim. There's not as many big guys. There's not as many rim-protecting big guys. And then, like you said, it's the, the ticky-tack fouls are, are definitely uh, – definitely a a factor as well but Ernesto I'll go to you uh for this one man like the the obviously the Donovan Mitchell performance give me your thoughts on that but give me your thoughts on the Cavs as well too what do you think about the Cavs and and their chances out east because they're they're hanging right in there with all those big with all those big guys out east well two I'm coming home for LeBron because I'm pretty sure he probably regrets leaving now (laughs) I mean he's playing with the the shitty Lakers and you got the Cavs out Mm -hmm. here dominating like they may not be you know the big top seed in the east but they're probably one of the most entertaining teams to watch with darius garland devin mobley Garrett, uh jerry allen <clears throat> donovan mitchell i mean we knew he had potential to be an exceptional top 10 player in the nba right now and he's just showing that out with cleveland uh, i think he's playing with so much freedom like he's playing his game that he wants he doesn't feel like he's holding back anything he's having fun uh, you mentioned it's the most uh, it's far the, the most since Kobe um, Devin Booker did drop 70 on the Celtics and a loss but they lost the game but he did drop 70 a few years ago um, and honestly man uh, I don't know what's going on with the NBA if you have Lori Markin and almost dropping 50 points on you then something's going on like, what's in those Gatorade uh, tubes like, what's in those Gatorade cups 
Because I don't know. They're, they're, well, I mean, I mean, the NBA obviously thinks something's in there because I'm pretty sure after Donovan Mitchell dropped that 71, up. the Cavs got drug tested. So, I mean, they think something's in the water there in Cleveland for Roy sure. Martin, I don't know about most, Utah. One of the most irrelevant <laughs> fours in the NBA who hasn't done nothing when his career drops 49. It's like Corey Brewer when he dropped like 55 that one game <laughs> for the Timberwolves. Corey Brewer, that's OG. Yeah. I mean, the funny yeah, thing is you brought up the Lakers, though. I want to make a comment. I saw this as well. I just I like to scroll for no reason when I'm at work because I get bored. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you brought up the Lakers and how LeBron's upset that he's, he probably misses being in Cleveland. Do you know what the, who the Lakers are working out right now? I know this is completely off topic, Matt. But Boogie. Boogie. It's the most Laker thing they could possibly do. <laughs> hey, how many old people can we fit on this team? How many oh, geriatrics God. can we possibly get on this roster and put out on the court at a given time? I want my average age for the Lakers to be over 40 by the end of the season. Let's just see who we can sign. <laughs> safe to the, say the my most, daughter the, likes the, the Cavs because she didn't scream. She screamed whenever we mentioned Devin Booker last time she was on the show. <laughs> there you go. That's a good point. Yeah. And as far as the Lakers go, yeah, the, the, the most old and injury-prone guys you can possibly get. Let's just all combine them and see see if we can make it into a champion. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't make any sense. But as far as Donovan Mitchell goes, man, one of seven other players with a 70-point game, I was looking at the uh, I was looking at the, the the seventy point game list. Wilt has six games with seventy plus points, which is insane. Which we've um, already addressed but, how Wilt did that. <laughs> yeah, just just bodying short white dudes. Uh, yeah, in the, in the continuously. Plumbers uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty much. Um, but the 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 game from Donovan Mitchell, he accounted for ninety nine total points because he also had a career high eleven assists. So. Accounting for 99 total points is the second most in a game in NBA history behind Wilt's 100-point game. So it's an insane game. Eighth most points in NBA history. Incredible performance, to say the least. He had the he had the free throw follow-up like Luka did last week. And then he also had 13 points in overtime. He caught fire in overtime. He had 18 in the fourth. If you guys didn't see the, the performance, look it up on YouTube and, 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 and just go watch it because it was... It was something special to watch. He was 65% from the field, hit seven threes. And like I talked about, he was 20 of 25 from the line. So he was getting to the line. And they were missing Garland and Mobley for the game as well. So he had to step up, uh, had to step up in this one because he was they were missing a couple of their best players. And like Joe said, too, it was such an incredible performance that they literally drug tested him after the game. I'm sure they <laughs> thought they had, you know, Michael's secret stuff from Adam. Space Jam in those water Adam. bottles or something <laughs> like that. Because he was, he was going wild. Go for it. If Lonzo Ball plays, does he still drop 71? I mean, maybe. I don't know. I don't, I don't deal know. with what ifs, it, man. It already happened, bro. I don't well, deal with what Well, ifs. listen, listen, there, there's, there, I mean, a lot of the great players say it. Like, you can, as great a defender as you can, as you can be, like, the, the greats are just going to score. The great scores are just going to score no matter who's guarding them. So, Lonzo Ball's a great defender. I don't think he was going to slow. Like, if you watch the shots that Donovan Mitchell was making, like, it's not just like he's getting wide open threes and hitting them. Like, he's hitting crazy step back threes, finishing crazy layups around the rim, drawing fouls. Like, he was going crazy. So, I don't think Lonzo Ball was going to do anything about that personally. But as far as the Cavs in the East, I mean, I could see them being right there with Philly and Brooklyn as like those kind of second tier teams behind Boston and Milwaukee. And I could definitely see them making the second round. But where I'm most excited about Cleveland is for their future because some of those other teams, like especially Brooklyn, like with KD and Kyrie, like they're an aging team. Oh, Philly, yeah. we don't know what's going to happen with with Harden and especially with Embiid's health. Milwaukee and uh, Milwaukee and Boston are still both relatively young, but Cleveland's very very young. Like we're going to see Cleveland in this Eastern Conference and as far and in the NBA in general for years to come. So I'm very very excited about what what Cleveland. Uh, 
Cleveland's going to go for years to come because they're very, very exciting. They're going to be a problem for years to come. But oh, yeah. we'll transition to a team that's a that's a problem right now. And that's Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks. And speaking of crazy performances, we saw Giannis put up 55-10-7 and in a 123-113 win versus the Wizards. He was at, without Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. And after the game, he had some interesting comments. And I want to read you off what he said because it was a very interesting quote. He said, basically, he wants his game to become boring. He said, I want to I want to get in a position which I think I already have gotten to in that position, that my game is boring. I just want to do what I do, and people don't talk about it because it becomes boring. Guys like LeBron have been great since 2003, and it's 2023, and I want to be one of those guys. So he has kind of become one of those guys because he's putting up crazy numbers, and we're not even really talking about it. He has 40 points and 10 rebounds and five assists in three straight games. The only other NBA players who have put up that number – those numbers in three straight games were Elgin Baylor in 1961 and 1963 and Russell Westbrook in 2016. And then as far as other Bucks players to score at least 40 points in three straight games is basically just Kareem. So <laughs> Ernesto, I'll go to you first on this one, man. Like, uh, have we been taking Giannis for granted? And is, has he become boring because of how good he is, essentially? Who the fuck has said he's become boring? Like, I don't think he's he boring. Right? He did. He wants to be I think, honest to God, Giannis Antetokounmpo is one of the most entertaining players to, to watch. I mean, it's just his two-step Euros, like two steps that he takes, and he's already like at half court. Two steps later, he's at the rim dunking on your head. I agree. Yeah, we were we had a we had a little discussion last week, and I got a little bit heated about greatest power forwards of all time, and it was you know we talked about Tim Duncan and Dirk, but when Giannis gets done, he is going to be in that discussion because he is simply that dude. He is like. He's ridiculous. He's he's an unbelievable basketball player. And I think as far as what people mean, as far you know, what he means about getting boring is he's just so great all the time that people take it for granted, you know? And that's and, and that's what people have done with LeBron LeBron. I know that's what people are, are doing with KD right now, because KD's having a ridiculous season. So I think that's where he was going with that. But Joe, what are your thoughts on 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 those comments by Giannis that he wants to he wants to have that boring, boring game? I mean, the problem is is that you have to look at what's happening to LeBron. All right, what's happened with what LeBron, how the media covers LeBron, how the media covered Kobe, how the media covered Shaq, how these these great basketball players he wants to be like, how the media covers them. They no longer cover you because they're like, they're, your stat line becomes a footnote. That's what he's saying. He wants his stat line to become a footnote. But he has to also be able to deal with the criticism when his games aren't going well. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, he, like that's what's going to happen. That's how LeBron is covered right now. When LeBron has a bad day, or when his po- or he's not doing enough for his team to win, it's LeBron's fault. And I feel like or he he's take already the last got shot. that. Yeah, he doesn't take the last shot. Mm-hmm. He's not, you know, the, the game's on the line. The ball's not in his hand. That's been LeBron's like how the media has treated LeBron for the last eight, nine years. It feels that way, and that's what Giannis wants to be. He wants to be the only thing he wants his name brought up on is either MVP voting, Vince Player of the Year voting, or. He wants to be brought up on like because he didn't do enough to, for his team to win, even though he was like, you know, did all did his regular thing, right? Like, it wasn't enough. Those that's kind of what he's leaning towards, and I just don't know if he's there yet. But he, I think that's why he said he wants to become boring. He wants to become mm-hmm. that guy who's doing these things. And like Ernesto said, like it's very hard for a person who plays the game the way he does, the way we thought people like Zion Williamson was going to play. You know, and the only difference really between Zion and Giannis is Giannis is healthy all the time and Zion's not. Mm-hmm. 
And I, and I think like, we, we, we talked about Shaq uh, and Shaq was, you know, like Ernesto brought up Shaq and I brought up Shaq and, you know, Shaq's big problem was, is that he wasn't dedicated to the game. Kobe said it, you know, Shaq had said it, you know, that Co- he could have been the greatest center ever if he just dedicated some time. Giannis dedicates that time. He will get to where he wants to be. If he's already said that goal, it's going to happen. And I can't wait for it, honestly, because Giannis is a player, Ernesto nail on the head. He's fantastic to watch. You have not seen a person who dumps so much into the game on the court. Like, like I remember the, the series last year where in game seven, you know, he's sitting on the bench, they're down like 20 to the Celtics, uh, about to get knocked out of the Eastern Conference Finals. And the dude is just gassed. He carried him all the way through the playoffs. He carried him all the way to seven games against the Celtics and and just gassed, completely mm-hmm. just done. And that's who Giannis is going to be for his career. And I think he's going to be able to do exactly what he wants to do. And I have nothing but respect for that, man. And in fact, every time the Bucks face the Celtics, I just I get a little, little nervous because <laughs> he can take over a game. Not in your stomach, yeah. That's, there's no doubt about that. And, that's, and 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 the point that you were saying about him just being gassed in the Eastern Conference Finals, I, and it's part of the reason why people have so much respect for him is because he's the hardest playing superstar I've ever seen. Like he, oh, yeah. he, it's it. It doesn't matter if it's a outside yeah, of Kobe Bryant. Night and, true, Kobe yeah, Bryant true. And I mean, Mike. Kobe Bryant and Mike Kobe, were pretty. Kobe and Mike play hard, and I think Russell Westbrook plays extremely hard. You know, especially in his prime as well, yeah. but. You know, it could be a Tuesday night in Sacramento. It could be game seven of the finals. And you can't tell the difference because he's going to try to run you over and dunk it on your head every single time and block your shot and chase you down. And he's just he's just he's what you want in a in in a best player in the NBA. And that's what he is. He's the greatest player in the NBA right now. He's the best player. Yeah, it's it's the Fort Minor song. 10 percent yeah. luck, twenty percent skill. Said reason to remember the name, you know. So yeah. <laughs> that's what that's what that's what uh, that's what Giannis is. And I want to ask you this too, Joe, about the Bucks' title chances. Obviously, we've talked about it a little bit. The the Bucks and the Celtics going back and forth out east. But what do you think as far as 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 far as their title chances go? Because they're second in the East right now. Middleton's basically missed the whole year, and, and Holiday's missed about ten games. Giannis has missed six games. So. So what do you think about um, their title chances out east? I mean, my big thing right now is is that they have to get healthy. If they don't get healthy, they're they're not gonna they're not gonna be back. Um, to they're not gonna get where they want to get. You know what yeah. I mean? It's, it, we saw it last year. They're with without a full team of health, they do not have the depth to compete. They need to get healthy. And the good news is, it's January. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have time to get healthy. As long as they're healthy at the right time, their chances are right up there with the Celtics. I mean, like we've we already said, yep. you said it earlier. Tier one, Boston and, and Milwaukee in the East. Tier two is everybody really else. in the NBA. Yeah, yeah really, really in the, in the NBA. NBA. I mean, I don't yeah. think there's anyone in the West who can compete with either of those teams if they're playing their best basketball. The mm-hmm. problem for Milwaukee is is that they have to get through Boston, which is just which seems like they're healthy. And they're doing the right things. And as long as Boston is coming out to play, which we've seen some problems there lately, where they're just they're, like even Jalen Brown said, you know, we had it coming. We thought we could just walk through this game and it wouldn't really matter. And they got gave up 150 points to OKC. I mean, how the hell does that happen? But when you come back and you, you blow out the Mavs by almost 30. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if the Celtics are playing their best basketball and they're healthy, Milwaukee needs the depth. They need to be 100 percent for that mm-hmm. series. They cannot go into it without Chris Middleton. They cannot go into it without Drew Holiday. They cannot go into it 
riding Giannis because he is not enough to compete with that team's depth. If they're healthy, they're 100% locked in for a title chance. I mean, I'm, if that's going from a Celtics fan. There's a 100% mm-hmm. chance that if Chris Milton played last year, the Celtics lose to Milwaukee. 100%. Yep. I mean, there's a, there's a good chance mm-hmm. because they were right in it without him. So yeah, oh yeah, yeah, they were right there. Yeah, they were right there. And like you said, I personally, I personally, right now, if I had to choose, uh, assuming health for all, you know, all teams in the NBA, I'm picking the Bucks to win the finals because they got the best player. They just have a complete team around him. Like they, yeah. I think they have either either them or the Celtics has the most complete team in the NBA. They got you know they got shooting, they got size, they got playmakers, they got perimeter defense, they got it's rim all about complementary basketball, man. We we talk yep. about football, uh-huh. complementary football. How all you all the pieces, it's the sum of the parts, right? Yep. And and that's what the Lakers don't realize. That's what you know having uh you know the beard and Kyrie and KD in Brooklyn. They didn't realize they didn't realize how yep. to work together in Miami when Bosh and Wade and LeBron first got there. You know they had to get the pieces and show that they were the sum of their parts, not just a few pieces that could do a lot of things. And that right. is what Milwaukee has. Every single person on that Milwaukee roster complements Giannis's game. And that is what makes them different. That's what makes them different Mm -hmm. from a lot of these other teams. And that's what makes them dangerous. Knowing your, knowing your role, not only in sports, but in life. Yeah. Not only in sports, but in life is like the most important thing that you can possibly do is know your role, know exactly what's expected of you. And then you do it. And that's exactly what makes the Bucks such a great basketball team. I'm just going to go over a a few Giannis numbers real quick that are just crazy. Uh, Giannis joins Moses Malone and Russell Westbrook as the only player since 19. 90 or yeah 1977 excuse me with 40 plus points and 10 plus rebounds in three consecutive games by the way those games were 45 and 22 43 and 20 and then 50 and 10 so he's going this guy is crazy and he's first player to record back-to-back 40 20 games since moses in 1982 Giannis and kareem are the only guys with 200 plus points 80 plus rebounds and 30 plus assists in a five game span Giannis, right now he's averaging a career high 33 points a game 12 boards six rebound or uh yeah 12 boards six assists 54 percent shooting his last eight games he's averaging 40 15 and 5 on 57 percent shooting the bucks are a huge threat they're obviously a, a title favorite right now and and you can't i mean you can't write them off they got the best player in the league you you absolutely can't write them off so we'll transition to another team who you can't write off and uh I've ri- I personally have written them off as far as making the finals and winning the finals this year because they got a lot going on but the Golden State Warriors, another incredible individual performance. Clay Thompson, 54 points in a 143-141 double overtime win versus Atlanta. His fourth career 50-point game. He had 10 threes in the game as well, which is his seventh career 10 three-pointer game. And there were some unlikely heroes in this game as well. Dante DiVincenzo had a game-tying three to send it into overtime. I think DiVincenzo is one of the most underrated players in the league, personally. Kevon Looney had a buzzer-beating tip-in to win the game in double overtime. And it's the first time in NBA history. We just talked about two of the other ones. The first time in NBA history, four different players had a 50-point game in a four-day span. So Luka had one, Donovan Mitchell had one, Giannis, and then Clay, like we all talked about. But right now, the Warriors back over 500, and they're 20 and 19 in the West, ninth place in the West right now. So right now they're in that play-in tournament. But Ernesto, I'll go to you first on this one, dude. First of all, what's your thoughts on Clay's performance? 
I mean, it was expected after, you know, missing so much time that he would get back to form and he'd be able to shoot the ball with so much more confidence after coming back from a torn ACL and then getting hurt in camp again. Um, last year, he struggled a lot. <clears throat> this year, he's a lot better. Um, very, very excited for what the Warriors have. Um, me and Joe did a pre, preseason, power, preseason power ranking 15 games in. I had the Warriors number one. I had the Celtics number one in the East. Everyone knows that did hasn't aged well, but you know for the Warriors, yeah. Eh, Celtics number one in the East still looks good, you know. No, Celtics yeah. still looks good. And having, yep. and mm-hmm. having the Grizzlies, I think top three looks pretty well too right now. And then I think I had the Nuggets somewhere there. Dallas was like five, so that looks pretty decent right now. The Warriors and the Nets are the ones, and Philly are the ones that just went yeah, you know, downhill mm-hmm. quick. But you know, I. I know we've talked about the Warriors a lot on here. We've said uh, how they've looked bad at times or, like, are they, they're not winning games. And I've always been a firm believer uh, basketball is a sport of two halves. You could judge how much you won in the first half, but that second half of the season is that stretch. That's that home stretch. You know, you're a baseball guy, Matt. You know how it is, that 90 feet from third base to home plate, how important that is. You know, all it takes is one – logging fly ball to the outfield to get that guy home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's definitely like you said, it's a it's a, it's a long season for the NBA. You got 82 games. They're basically at the halfway point. Most teams are around 38, 39 games played, so the halfway point would be around 41 games. But obviously they're still dealing with that Steph Curry injury and that's, you know, huge for for Golden State and he's supposed to come back uh, next Friday against the Spurs. Of course he's got to come back against the Spurs. Thanks Warriors for bringing him back against the Spurs. Um <laughs> But Joe, I'll go to you, man. Like, what are your thoughts on Clay's performance, and what are your thoughts on the Warriors out out west? Do you think they're still contenders? I mean, first on his performance, the Warriors needed it. They need mm-hmm. Clay. They need Clay yep. to be Clay. They need him to do the things that he was doing pre-injury. And you know, for a while there, we never thought. I mean, honestly, the injury was so bad, and then he hurt himself again. And there was a part of me that thought, you know, we may never see that Clay Thompson again. I think there was a lot of people in the NBA world that thought, you know, Clay was never going to get back to the guy he was before that, you know, his form looked funny. He looked like he wasn't trusting his legs. He wasn't, he was trying to shoot the ball weird. It wasn't coming out of his hand, right? All those things. And, you know, he, he came out and said it himself and shame on us for not listening to the guy who knows his body. Cause it's his damn body for saying, Hey, it takes some time to get the strength back, to get the, everything back. I'll be back. And he said that, and this came after Stephen A. Smith, I think it was, just decimated. Like, talk, you know, it was like, why are you? You're out there. Your team needs you, and you're 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 shooting like crap. You're playing like crap. You're not being playing defense. You're not contributing to this team at all. Tore him down in like one of Stephen A.'s famous rants that really, you know, sure now is looking like he's eating crow. Hopefully, but you know, I mean, yeah. I swear he probably won't even acknowledge the fact that he like, and he might. Stephen A. is usually his guys like, hey, I was wrong. We'll see. Mm-hmm. But good for Clay. Hey, I'm so happy to see him shooting the ball well. All right. Because being a guy who I've broke my ankle twice, hyperextended knee, broken bones in my knee, and being down and stuff like that, completely understand what it's mm-hmm. like to have an injury and then have to come back from that injury. I mean, just learning to walk again from having something to be immobile for that long of a period of time mm-hmm. is a damn challenge. And then learning to run, doing, and then not even jumping. I mean, hell. His comeback is amazing. 
this game is testament to his comeback, and I want to see this clay more often. I think that we're going to see this clay more often. And if that's the case, and Steph comes back, and they are suddenly the Splash Brothers again, look out. Yep. Look out, because this team is completely different. And all of a mm-hmm. sudden, we're going to have to have a serious conversation about possibly Golden State going to the finals and having a legitimate shot at repeating because as good as Giannis and the Bucks are and as good as the Celtics are, you can't do anything when Steph and Clay decide they're just going to both shoot over 50% from three and launch tw- like 12 of them a pop. Like you said, mm-hmm. that's 36 points apiece. They combine for 62, and they can do that yep. in a half. Yep. In a half. So if this is the clay we're getting and Steph comes back healthy, it's terrifying for anybody else in the NBA. But good for Yeah, Clay. it's yeah, I agree. It, first of all, like you said, good for Clay, like two major lower body injuries, not just like a sprained hamstring or a you know, an ACL sprain. He tore his ACL and he tore his Achilles. Like those are those might be the two yeah. most serious lower body injuries any athlete can face. And he had them back to back and he came back from it. And listen, he's not He's not back to being himself from, you know, when he was, you know, Clay Thompson and, you know, 2015, 2016, 2016, 2017, because right now he's averaging a career low field goal percentage and a career low three. But I mean, for Clay Thompson, a career low three is still 38%. You know, he's still yeah. shooting the lights out. He's, he's, the, he's the second greatest shooter of all time for a reason, you know. Yeah. Um, but as far as Clay Thompson goes, we see this from Clay Thompson. Like Clay Thompson, especially prime Clay Thompson, can get hotter in a single game at a single time than any player in NBA history. We saw it with that 37 point quarter against the Kings in 2015. That was an NBA record. I personally saw it up close because I was at that game where he hit 14 threes in, in, uh, in Chicago and he broke the NBA record. I was there with one of my, one of my buddies who's from the Bay area and he's a Warriors fan. So I went there and I was like booing the Warriors and then Clay started hitting all these threes and I was like, okay, I want to see Clay hit all these threes. This is awesome. Um, <laughs> but Clay Thompson, man, he can get, so so hot so quickly he had that game where he had 60 on like 10 dribbles or whatever like five years ago like he's ridiculous he's the second greatest shooter of all time and he's personally one of my favorite players in the league like he's great guy like how can you how can you not root for clay thompson like like he's awesome yeah he's really every interview i've ever seen the dude's legit as hell he's 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 a down-to-earth guy from what i can tell never met him you know probably never will meet him i don't think i'm in the 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 scope of meeting nba players and nfl player and any famous athletes and i'm not quite there you know He's amazing. If you Go want ahead. a jump shot, like any any kids, anyone out there that wants to fix a jump shot, Model watch Clay. Clay's mechanics. He mm. is everything you want. He's got the feet pointed to the basket, the bends the knees, bends the elbows, the follow through. He has everything. Yep. All these kids yep. want to be Steph Curry. Steph Curry is the opposite of what you want. Steph Curry is just <laughs> that good. He's just yeah, Steph Curry's hit. feet are like Ray Allen. Clay Thompson. Yeah. <laughs> Those, if you want to shoot. Ray Allen. Clay Thompson, man. These guys. Those guys right Clay there. Thompson is. Monzo Ball. Good jump His shooter. mechanics yeah. don't do long deal for the love of God. <laughs> yeah. We got guys I, like. I've, I've, coached basketball. I've coached basketball and I've had my, my kids that I coach basketball try and shoot like Lonzo. And if and I had a rule, if you try to shoot like Lonzo Ball, you had to run a suicide. You had to run. End up on the bench. You end up on the bench because you no, can't I, shoot. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, who's that know. guy that shoots the granny free throws? Like, oh yeah, Rick. Time, yeah, Rick Barry. Rick Barry's the OG. Rick Barry's yeah, the OG who used bro. to shoot him like that. But uh, yeah. but yeah, Clay Thompson. His like like Ernesto said, his shooting form is perfect. Like he's got the he's got the shooting foot. 
he's got the, his his shooting hand foot in front. He gets the, the the perfect arc on his shot, perfect balance. Like Clay Thompson's got that beautiful shot, and he's not. I don't think he's the same anymore because of those injuries. Like he's not as good as he was, you know, in the 2015 2016 era because he's had those lower lower body injuries. And we're going to talk about someone else in Zion Williamson who's had a lot of lower body injuries that I'm concerned about as well because those things start to add up, especially with you know you know professional athletes who this is what they do for a living, but. So he's not as great defensively, but he can still shoot the lights out of that thing. And, you know, I said it before, Warriors, I don't think the Warriors are making the finals or winning the finals after Curry got hurt. I just think there's too much going on. And, you know, Curry's supposed to come back here pretty soon, like I said, but I still don't trust those young players. And, you know, Clay and Poole have been playing a lot better without Curry, but when Curry comes back, how are they going to gel? And their home and road splits are ridiculous. They're 17-3 and at home, and they're 3-16 and on the road. So they win basically every game at home, and they don't win on the road. So I'm sure those things are going to kind of even out a little bit. But, you know, they, they're still scary. Like Joe said, they're still scary. You're, they're still four-time. You still got a four-time championship roster. You got one of the best players in the league in Steph Curry. You got another incredible shooter in Klay Thompson. You got another incredible shooter in Jordan Poole. You got a proven champion in, Kavon, er, in, in, in Draymond Green as well. So... The Warriors, you can't count them out. You can't count them out. I mean, they're 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 championship proven, and 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 we're gonna see uh, what they got out west. But like I just brought up a little bit earlier, we're gonna go to another guy out west who has been dealing with some lower body injuries, and right now they're one of the best teams out west, and that's Zion Williamson. He's gonna be missing three at least three weeks with a hamstring injury, and it's really unfortunate because he's one of the best young players in the league, and it's it just seems like injuries are piling up for him right now. In 2019, he had that torn meniscus in his right knee, missed 44 games. Then 2020, he missed some time with that with that same right knee injury. It was he was kind of in and out with you know it was it was sore at times. And then 2021, he missed all last year with that with that foot injury. And it's concerning to me with all these lower body body injuries because he's such a strong, powerful, explosive athlete, and he's 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 got so much weight on his body that it's going to put a lot of pressure on that lower body for him. So I'm I'm a little bit concerned about Zion right now. This year, it's the hamstring injury, obviously, as well. So he's missed over 150 games in his very young career. It's his fourth year in the league, and he's missed over 150 games. So he's played far less than half of his possible games. But, Joe, I'm going to go to you on this one, man. What are your thoughts on this Zion injury? How does it impact the Pelicans? So the problem with Zion is that he he's too big. For his style of play... And the way he plays the game, like like I forget who it was that came out and said it after he, they played him, it was a couple couple days ago. I uh, was like, we're all playing basketball, and he's playing football. Yep. Like he's he's a bully down there. He plays a very physical game, and like you said, carrying a lot of weight is really bad on your joints. It's really bad on your lower body because it has to support all that stuff, and you're doing it in a very highly athletic scenario in a very highly athletic setting and he can't do it and honestly if zion wants to have a career in the nba he's gonna have to lose some weight he's gonna have to thin out and the problem that i think everyone is looking at is how effective is a six foot ten zion williamson who's not weighing 250 260 if he has to weigh more like 220 210 you know Mm -hmm. like is he as effective as he is because right now he's playing the four He's a four. He's yep. a power forward. Mm-hmm. If he goes down to 220, he's a three. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's got the jump shot for to be a three. I think the reason he's a power forward is because he can bully people. He does have the, the elevation to do it, and he can finish around the rim. He has to completely change his game to do that, and I don't think he that's his style. I don't think he's only going to be able to do that. So this is a Zion Williamson you're going to get. And honestly, like you said, he's he's been in the league for four years. This is his fourth year. He has played... Less, 
he's played less games, like 150 missed games, right? So that's two full seasons mm-hmm. or three full seasons, and then this one, right? So yep. he's played only 30, like 30 percent of the available games he, he can play. He's played in. All right, mm-hmm. that is not good. That I mean, to when he first came out and everyone, oh, dude, he was the the star. You love to watch that man slam a yep. basketball through a rim, right? I literally forgot he was even in the NBA because I have seen him so little. Like, I legitimately think about it. Like, he's not been in a headline or majorly covered unless it is he's in an injury and then they cover it once and you never hear about it again because he's hurt Mm -hmm. so often. They're just like, hey, he's hurt again. And they let it go. Yeah. Honestly, I I honestly think that this is going to be one of those situations where Zion's not going to be in the league very long. Because no one's going to pay you $100, $200 million to play 30% of the games. Unless yep. they sign you for a playoff run. But even then, if he's not working out, they're not you're not doing those things, you know, as a free agent, you know, or anything like that. Like, you can look at Zion. I look at Zion, and I kind of, he reminds me of Shaq. Shaq in his later years. Packing on the pounds, not really staying fit, not really doing the things yep. that you need to do off the court to have a long career. That's the difference between him and Giannis. Zion has all of the, the tools to do what Giannis is doing. The difference is, is that Giannis looks like he go after the game and before the game, he's putting in hours of work and in the offseason, he's eating right, he's doing the right things, mm-hmm. he's continuing to do the right things. And Zion Williamson looks like he gets done and goes to fucking McDonald's and has a big back. All right. That's the that's the difference. Talent is there. He doesn't take care of his body. Mm-hmm. Shaq, the talent was there to be probably arguably the best player in the NBA all time. Mm-hmm. Kobe said it. Jordan said it. A lot of these people have said that Shaq had the capability if he had stayed the Shaq we saw in Orlando, that body type, that dedication, and not the Shaq we saw win champion. Like even the Shaq we saw win championships in in LA, and in the, the Shaq in Miami. But you just saw over the years, man. It just like. He just kept mm-hmm. getting bigger, and you can't yep. do that in a game that you have to jump off the ground and then land. Because mm-hmm. if you, if you, it's different, right? If I jump up and land, I roll my ankle a little bit. I might be okay. If Zion jumps up and lands and he rolls his ankle, he's probably snapping his fucking ankle. All right, got two hundred eighty pounds coming down on that ankle. Yeah, you can't yep. support that, or you're definitely mm-hmm. doing some soft tissue damage, like major soft tissue damage. Trust me, done that. Right. I was 225 yep. pounds, rolled my ankle bad. I tore every tendon and ligament in my damn ankle and my foot outside of my Achilles. It's the only thing I didn't rupture. It's the only reason I didn't have to have surgery. Seven and a half months in a walking boot, and it took me mm. three months to be able to run again, like, effectively. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right? That's what we're going to see from Zion. Zion is, yep. is going to be late career Shaq, and it's it's sad because the talent's there. Yeah, and it's, and it's frustrating because, like you said, the talent is there. He just needs to... He, he needs to drop a certain amount of weight because right now he's too big and it's putting too much pressure on his knees. We see it. It's, it's too much pressure on his feet. Like it's, you're not supposed to be that big and weigh that much and be able to be as explosive as he is. And he is like, you see it with some of the football players. Like I was talking to one, uh, one, one guy who I know a hell of a defensive end. Defensive tackle. Oh yeah, no doubt. <laughs> you would have been yeah, a hell of a crazy. hell of a well, D lineman. <laughs> I was I was talking to one of my one of my um one of my friends who used to play in the NFL, and he was talking about Julio Jones about how he's so tall and he's so big and how he runs so fast. Like you're not supposed to be able to do that, and he's such a different kind of athlete that he gets hurt so much because his body can't handle that type of athleticism. AJ right? Green. Zion's, 
Yeah, you know, same thing. Guys, you, they they can't handle your bodies can't handle that type of athleticism if your bodies aren't ready for it. And his body clearly isn't ready for it because he keeps getting hurt. But Ernesto, I'll go to you, man. Like, what do you think? Can can he stay healthy long enough for the Pelicans to compete? That's a question that it's so hard to answer. I mean, I'm gonna say compare his weight. Like Zion isn't pure muscle. Brock Lesnar is 273 pounds, but he's 273 of pure muscle. He may have some like a little small gut, but he is a behemoth, a monster. Zion Williamson, you're either playing the wrong sport, man, or you gotta like get some body fat down <clears throat> because you are chunky. And I'm not trying to like, I'm nobody to really call anyone chunky. I mean, you, <laughs> I, I look at yourself in the mirror. Like, I trust me, I do. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't play professional basketball. <laughs> I don't play professional yeah. basketball. I don't, I don't have my, I don't have like paid trainers and dietitians yeah. and all this shit and at like, my disposal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a father of three kids. Okay, that, that's why I look like this. Mm-hmm. That's jokes. But, that uh, <laughs> this is so stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Zion needs to understand that to play this sport, he has a, a unique ability that he could be strong. You could be six seven of pure muscle mass and you could be 260 270 easy you could LeBron. be big muscular lebron build or a brock lesnar build okay baby I- i'm recording sorry <laughs> i don't know if we can edit that part out there's one of the kids there's no, one of the kids yeah my toddler were taken out to dinner she's she was talking i'm sorry i'm gonna have to edit that out i'm sorry I'm gonna, where was i i was talking about yeah, yeah it's fine, it's fine. <clears throat> all right Three, we're good two, yes like I said, Zion, you have the ability to be one of the best players of this generation if you take care of your body. Uh, Tom Brady, 45, still playing at one of the highest levels in, in NFL where quarterback's lifespan isn't supposed to get over 40. I mean, and but he takes care of his body. If you look at history, taking care of your body does so much for you. LeBron, 38, 38 takes care of his body, could put up 50 points any given night. Vince mm-hmm. Carter played till 42. Even greatest power forward of all time, Dirk Nowitzki, played till he was 40. And Tim he was a big seven-foot dude with bad knees. I mean, he was slow as shit. Like, I mean, you could probably race a tortoise, him running down the court in his age 40 season, and tortoise will probably win. But that's mm-hmm. not the point. <laughs> he still played because he took care of himself, and he was healthy. He was on the court. Yeah. You could have all the time in the world, but if you're an injury-prone player, you're never going to get the money. And that is the thing. And the thing is, Zion, I, I'm not I'm not 100% sure on this, but I'm pretty sure he already signed his extension. Pretty sure he, he might already have, yeah. paid him. Mm-hmm. And that is a mistake by David uh, David Griffin, who's the GM of the Pelicans. That is a mistake because he has not shown the ability to stay on the court. You need to have the ability to stay on the court. You need to have the ability to be able to produce for your team. Your team has a chance to make a run. Like, the Pelicans are all set to make a run, and you, you hurt your hamstring, then your ankle, then this. What's next? Like, it, it was said when he got drafted, he needs to cut weight. He needs to cut weight. He doesn't listen. Well, I'm going to set out all last year. Oh, I'm about to come back. Oh, never mind. Let me go eat a few more quarter pounders with cheese before I have to come back and actually diet. Like, yeah, he's I mean he like you said, he did he actually did sign his extension already. So he signed a five year two hundred and thirty one million dollar extension this last off season. So he's gonna be with the Pelicans. Yeah, two thirty one, 231. max extension. So he's getting paid close to fifty million a year. So the, the Pelicans made a big, big investment on this dude and he just can't seem to stay healthy. And it's 
I understand what, it for the, what he's got going on. I understand it for the talent perspective, but you can't. The, you can't throw all that money out to someone who can't stay on the court. Yeah. The reason LeBron, <laughs> for real. I mean, we all know LeBron's going to play whoever yeah, drafts LeBron. I, I would not be surprised if LeBron gets forty million dollars in his age forty season because LeBron takes care of himself. No, he I will. Mean, he apparently, will. Yeah, he spends like four million dollars a year on his dietary plan. Like, apparently, yeah. there's some thing that came up. They spends a lot of money on his like dietary plan and his I workout mean, plan. When you're when you're making like you know <laughs> forty fifty million, and you're a billionaire. A and yeah, not including four million dollars is a drop in the bucket for us. Oh, we, four dollars I mean, for NBA us. NBA players yeah. all we see is the salary, what they get paid. We don't see the how much they get from endorsements, Nike, oh, yeah, yeah. commercials. You know, he's in all the sprites commercials and all that stuff. You know, like it's just but he's doing it so he can be, so he can have the lifestyle and do the things he wants to do, which is play absolutely. Basketball. And I do not blame mm-hmm. I do not blame NBA players at all for doing what they do. Oh, no. no, yeah, it's uh. It, as far as Zion goes, it's frustrating because when he's on the court, he's one of the best players in the NBA. Like he's he's twenty six, seven and five with a steal on sixty one percent shooting. Like he gets to the rim at will. He does whatever he wants on the basketball court. It seems like besides really shoot, he's not a great shooter, obviously right now. But he can get to the rim whenever he wants, and people know he's going to the rim and they can't stop him. Like he's one of the he's one of the best players in the league. And right now they're gonna you know the Pelicans are gonna be playing without Bi and, and Zion for a while now. They've gone thirteen and six actually this year without Bi. And they've actually gone seven and two this year so far without Zion. So they've been able to win games without him because they got a solid team around him. They got CJ McCollum, they got uh, Jonas Valanciunas, they got Herb Jones out there. So they got a really solid team. And, and listen, if if this Pelicans team can somehow get healthy when it comes to the to the Western Conference, like they have as good a shot as anyone of, of making it out of the West. Like the West is so wide open. I could see this team making a Western Conference Finals. I could see this team sneaking into an NBA Finals. Like. But it just seems like for whatever reason that New Orleans and especially Zion can't healthy. And it's and it's really weird looking at someone like Zion, who's, you know, 6'6", 280, and, like, you'd think he'd be invincible. Like, he looks like Thanos. Like, you don't think he would be able to get hurt. <laughs> but he just somehow gets hurt every year, and it's because he's got all that he's got all that weight and all that explosiveness that's that's coming down extremely hard on his lower body. And it it's frustrating, man. Zion's one of the best players in the league, and unfortunately, we don't get to see him as much as, as as much as we want. He's one of the most exciting young players in the league, too. So I think if he ends up getting healthy, they could definitely make a finals or a West Conference finals. But if not, you know, I think they, they feel like a, a first-round exit team to me if, if, if they can't get everybody that, healthy. Yeah, but, maybe, maybe a yeah. play-in exit at best. I mean, the problem is, yeah. is that we've seen this from the Pelicans before. This mm-hmm. isn't the first big they have that's washed out. I mean, that's the God's honest truth about it. He's not the first big that's okay. washed out. Yeah, they, they've. I mean, they've they've done so much trying to find a solid five and a four to build a team around. The problem is, is that teams aren't built around fives and fours anymore. They're built around twos and threes and ones. Yep. Guards. This is, that's yep. the NBA. That's the NBA now. I mean, it's it's mm-hmm. it's similar to the transition we saw in the NFL, where it went from a run heavy defensive game to all of a sudden, you know, everybody's throwing up 5,000 yards in a season. So you're going to have mm-hmm. to, you have to adjust how you build a team. And it's not built at the, it's not built at the four and the five anymore. I mean, honestly, name, name, a, name a team that besides maybe Denver <laughs> that ha- or, or Philly that really has a, uh, has a five or a four that they try to build around. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, the, the Lakers are kind of trying to do it with AD, but they're having a rough time because he's like Zion. He can't stay healthy, you know? So yeah. it's, it's and I mean they obviously have LeBron James too, but you know That's it's another it's Pelican tough. right there. <laughs> yeah, another another former Pelican. Yes, but they, you know, it's it's it sucks because obviously from NBA's perspective, he's such a fun guy to watch, and we want to watch oh, him play, yeah. and he just doesn't stay healthy. But 
We're going to go to another guy who isn't healthy right now, and he's out west, and these two teams have a rivalry, and that's the Phoenix Suns with Devin Booker. He's injured. He's got a he's got a groin injury, and he's going to be out for it, it looks like about a month, and he's he's about you know, a week or so into that uh, into that timetable, so maybe about three weeks or so. But they're two and seven without him right now, and they're twenty and nineteen overall in the West. They're the ninth seed in the West. Phoenix doesn't look good. Phoenix doesn't look good. This was a team that was in the NBA Finals two years ago. They were in the in the Western Conference semis last year, and they had a lead on Luka Doncic, and they blew it, and they got absolutely smoked in that Game Seven, and they haven't looked right since. So. Joe, what do you think about this 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 you know Devin Booker injury? What's wrong with the Suns, and and can they right the ship? The, the what's wrong with the Suns is it's the curse of Chris Paul. I mean, we saw this in 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 L.A. when he was with the Clippers. I mean, they had a team that had all the answers, man, and they got hurt at the wrong time. The wrong guy got hurt. They missed key shots. They blew big leads, and it's just been a, it's just been Chris Paul's mo. Anywhere he goes. His team performs well until it's until it matters, and then they cave. And Devin Booker honestly has been carrying this team from an offensive standpoint pretty much since he's been on the roster. And then they, of course, they have problems where you know Jay Crowder, you know the sort of things that happened there, and some of these other players that were like were key cogs of that Finals team that now all of a sudden are you know just trash apparently as far as the organization is concerned they don't care anymore and the problem is is that you look at somehow some of these people have like they talk with the coach and they, there was that team had a lot of turmoil in the offseason right before the mm-hmm. season started there's a lot of negative energy coming out of that team and now yep. your star players hurt and it would be the same thing like this team reminds me of what it looked like when kobe was on the shelf for the lakers yeah mm-hmm. you just you got a bunch of guys out there that really are compliments to a piece that's not playing and yep. You know, it would be the same thing if Giannis wasn't in the Bucks lineup. The Bucks would look mm-hmm. sort of disjointed. They don't have – they wouldn't be getting the open shots or anything like that. It's, it's disjointed right now. Mm-hmm. There's clearly a problem, and the problem is that Devin Booker's not playing. And honestly, Devin Booker needs help. Chris Paul's yeah. getting older, and honestly, he's not the player he used to be. He's a he's just not that guy anymore, and it's time to cut bait. If you were going to cut bait mm-hmm. on someone, it should have been Chris Paul. I mean, hell, trade him to the Lakers. They love collecting old Yeah. We yeah, said they'll earlier, this, they'll take him in a heartbeat. They'll trade you straight yep. for Russell Westbrook, and and mm-hmm. Russ might actually play better in the Suns' offense because where's Maybe. Russ play the best at? Where he can run up and down the court at like Mach eleven, just <laughs> and just doing whatever the hell he wants with the basketball until Devin Booker gets yeah. back. I mean, I would call him up right now because I think that he would do great in that offense. I mean, the only problem is when Devin Booker gets back, Russell Westbrook's gonna be the Russell Westbrook that we see in L.A. But at yep. the end of the day, he might keep you relevant until that happens. Mm-hmm. And then you might say, hey, come off the bench and you're going to spell Booker so he stays healthy or he stays healthy and, and rested for the for the playoffs. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, no, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt. It's a you said that you said the exact word that I was thinking of. Like I literally wrote it, wrote it down in my notes and I wrote down the Suns are so disjointed right now. It's what it looks like when you when you watch them play. It just looks disjointed. You talked about it. I mean, you talked about it, Joe, the Jay Crowder situation. He still wants to be traded. They still haven't traded him. He still hasn't shown up. The the DeAndre Ayton situation, you can tell he doesn't want to be there. And Chris Paul, he's having the worst season of his career right now. He's shooting a career uh, second worst of his career, 42%. His 13.4 points per game are the worst of his career. His free throw percentage is the worst of his career. He has some of the lowest assist numbers of his career as well. And you talked about it. Booker was carrying this team. He was averaging a career-high 27 points per game. And he was the offense. He was the entire offense for the Phoenix Suns. And... Honestly, watching this team right now, especially without Devin Booker, like this is a team that could easily miss the playoffs. Like they could, they could, I I think they could end up in the play in tournament. I think they will end up in the play in tournament. That's, I think that's where they will end up. 
but they could easily miss the playoffs if they if they screw they're, they're around. They're a Devin then, Booker injury setback, right? Yep. Like he has a setback with his groin. They are that mm-hmm. away from not even making the play, in my opinion. Yeah, they are and, that and close the, to not doing it. <laughs> no doubt, and and setbacks, especially with you know something like Zion's you know hamstring, a soft tissue injury like a hamstring or a groin, like those are very common. So we could easily see easy, a, yeah. very easily try to very, do anything with them. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, re-injury risk is is very, very, yeah, very, very possible for those type of injuries. So, um, like I said, this team could this is this is a play-in team at best, in my opinion. And you know, as we know with the play-in, like your season could easily be one and done. So they could easily lose that first play-in game as the nine seed and get booted out. And it sucks for Devin Booker because he's having a great year. Like I said, twenty-seven a game on forty-eight percent from the field, thirty-seven percent from three, and eighty-five from the line. He's an elite three-level scorer. Like he can score from three. He can. He's mid-range is amazing. He can finish around the rim great from the free throw line like he's he's a, he's one of the best scorers in the NBA and I don't think they have nearly enough scoring without him because Chris Paul can't score like he used to be able to DeAndre Ayton basically just catches lobs and gets like dump off passes like he's not you know a back to the basket like face up like true scoring big man and then you got your you, you know your Miles Bridges and your you know Cameron Paynes who are like solid role players but they're not creating shots for you like you don't have any guys who can create shots on that team right now and it's it's going to be really really tough for them. They got a lot of sh- they still got a lot of shooting, but they just don't have guys who who can create shots. And and something something really bad is going on in Phoenix right now. And it just doesn't look. We both talked about it. It looks disjointed, and they do not look right out in Phoenix right now. Yeah, there there's there are they are one little thing away from completely imploding. Yep. And and I think that that management and ownership needs to identify just just accept it. Just accept that. You're probably not doing anything this year. You're probably not doing anything next year. And you need to just start dumping people. Like the trade deadline's coming. Start taking mm-hmm. calls. The only person not available is Devin Booker. Devin Booker. Yep. Like that's no that's the it. only guy that's yeah, he's the only guy that's not available. Everyone else, hundred percent available. If they don't have a no yep. trade clause in their contract, we will move them. And just and Listen. take what you can get. Take picks, take guys, take young role players, people you can mold, people you can develop, people that you think complement Devin Booker's game, and just accept the fact that you're clearly regressing and you need to just buy into it. Because, you know, the problem is when you I mean, you have a boat that has a lot of holes in it and water's just pouring in and all you got is a coffee cup to bail water, <laughs> you got two choices. Put on yeah. a life vest and let the fucker go down or just scoop your heart out until it takes you with it, all right? So... Those yep. are your two choices. It's time to put a life vest on. The life vest is Devin Booker, and the rest of the team needs to go. Just let it go down, and just let it go, let it go somewhere down. else. Give it to somebody else because it's over. Yeah, yeah. Like in in you know the the Suns, you had your opportunity. You were up two and zero. You were up two zero on the Bucks in that twenty twenty finals. That was your opportunity to win to win the championship with this team, and you didn't do it. So, like you said, Joe, you got to blow it up. You got to start trading guys. You got to get picks. You got to get young guys and. Suns don't look good right now. It's it's, it's unfortunate it's because they got a lot of good talent. It is hard from a management standpoint because the city wants to win. You know, the the players want to win. The coach wants to win. And from a manage, a GM standpoint, it's the hardest thing about a GM, being a GM in any sport, baseball, basketball, football, hockey, soccer, it does not matter. The hardest point is being able to identify when you've started to go down. Because if you you have to know when to let go, and the problem a lot mm-hmm. of these GMs have to get them fired and get them sent other places is that they don't know. The only and I will tell you, and I'm going to bring them up again. The G that if you want GMs out there, if you're an aspiring GM, if you're doing anything college wise, you're doing player recruiting. Look at Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge did not hesitate at all 
to send Paul Pierce, KG, and Jason Terry out of town. Mm-hmm. Did not wait. They lost to the Heat. He said, this is not working. We cannot beat them with what we got, and we do not have the salary cap to get what we need to do. It's done. Yep. And he moved on from it. And you know what he did? You know what that turned into? Championship caliber team. What, championship, once again, and he know and he said he, he, the reason he left is because he had done everything he needed to do in Boston. There was nothing left to prove. And look no what doubt. he did in Utah. Now he's in Utah, and he's doing what he did with Jason Terry, Jay Crowder, and, and those guys. And Utah looks like a legit playoff team. So if you're an aspiring GM, look at how Danny Ainge runs a thing. Look yep. at and if you could talk to Danny Ainge, if we if you could get him to sit down and explain to you what he saw in that Boston team. Yeah. And you can, and you can have him explain to you what he saw after they lost to the heat in the East Commerce finals and blew that game six lead and everything like that. And it was over what he saw Mm -hmm. that made him say this team cannot beat them. Yeah. And you just write it down. And every day you're looking at your team, look at that note. And, say, and there's, and there's a, <laughs> yeah, and there's a lot of teams around the league that could definitely take that advice. You know, I think the Lakers oh, yeah. are probably one of them where you just blow it up. You know, like there's the you, you you're kind of in that in between space where you're not going to compete. You might make the playoffs, but if you make the playoffs, you're a first round exit. And that's what that's what Danny Ainge realized in Utah last year as well. He, he, Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell aren't working. Let's get all of them out of there. Let's get some young guys and some picks in there, and you know, let's let's rebuild this thing. But you're absolutely right. It's it's rebuild mode and it's rebuild mode in Phoenix for sure. But that's going to do it for us today on the House Call Podcast. Thank you guys all for so much for watching us. Uh, again, a shout-out to our sponsor, Liquid IV. Go get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use our code at the checkout. That's 25% off anything when you use our promo code, the underscore house, underscore call, underscore podcast. I know both me and Joe love Liquid IV. We use it all the time. I know Joe's a guava guy. I personally am a watermelon guy. So go get whatever flavor you want. There's tons of good flavors on liquidiv.com. Go get anything you want and use our code and get 25% off. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. We appreciate all your feedback. Tell us what we got right. Tell us what we got wrong. Um, Go follow us on all our social media pages uh, at the House Call Podcast, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Spotify, Twitter. Go look at our blog on www.thehousecall.com. Joe has had had an instrumental part on on the website. He's done a great job. So go check out all his hard work on the website. And uh, we'll catch you guys later. Peace. I want to say one of my favorite rivalries just because of what I used to be a big Ultimate Fighter fan. So I want to say Ultimate Fighter 3 was my 